0: Amazon, the final frontier. Welcome to the A to Z Academy. This is the place for Amazon and e-commerce sellers to talk tech, tools, and tips so you can build rocket ship revenues, scale at supernova speeds, and profit where no one has profited before. This is your captain speaking, Brett Sklar.
1: And this is your chief data science officer, Craig Wetter. And this is your chief creative engineer, Anton Reyes. Now strap in and listen up because it's time to take off.
0: All right. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the A to Z Academy. This is Brett, your captain speaking, with your chief data science engineer, Craig Wetter, and your chief creative engineer, Anton Reyes. And we're your hosts on the A to Z Academy.
1: Hey, Brett, this is Craig. Happy to be here, man.
0: Hello. hello. All right. And so I'm introduced in the A to Z Academy. We are the place where we slice, dice, dive in, review, and analyze the many, many apps, tools, and cool tech at the disposal of us, the mighty Amazon sellers. These tools are an essential part of the selling process, especially to drive scale and profitability. There are literally hundreds of them and new ones showing up all the time. So we ask highly successful Amazon sellers to unpack their toolbox for us and tell us about the tools that are critical to their business. And today, I'm excited. I get to introduce someone that I met during a sourcing trip to China, and he is our first international guest, so therefore, we are an international podcast. Uh, Mark Mark Hodian, coming to us from the UK. Say hello, hello
2: Mark. Hello there. Nice to be here. Thank you, Brett
0: absolutely absolutely uh so uh you know mark uh, tell us how is the world different in the uk versus the rest of the world as you've seen during your e-commerce and amazon selling journey
2: ah that's a very good that's a very good question um i, I was about to say well the UK's is uh, in the middle of tropical weather at the moment which is uh, of uh, far more interest to us over here we rarely see the sun let alone have tropical weather <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah, um, the UK is a very interesting place because um, I give you sort of two two big observations. What, one is we obviously see the US as a very big marketplace, um, so many new sellers in the UK take take a big you know have a big choice to start with. Do they just plump for the US or do they start in the UK? Uh, I started in the US and now I've migrated to the UK as well. Um, but we've also got Europe. And um, you know, if you put all the European countries together, you've got a, another massive marketplace. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's a different uh, viewpoint over here. You know, we look at sales tax and go, oh my god, and you look at VAT and you go, oh my god. So <laughs> it's the brave seller who I think spans all the marketplaces at the moment.
0: Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that. Cool. Hey Mark, this is Anton.
1: Um, Hi, we just want to—we're excited about your Amazon selling journey story. So, um, can you tell us why you decided to get into this business?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I guess ye- years ago, I mean, I, I was in a—I was in a pub having a drink, and <laughs> I was—I was listening to a friend who who was talking about all this, um, all this sort of sort of you know PPC stuff, and I didn't really understand what she was talking about. Um, and in the end, I decided to have a little experiment, and I, I got into. Um, uh, mobile ads and I think I was um, I was uh, um, I can't even remember what they were called now but basically I, I was getting paid a commission if I managed to um, place a successful Google ad and someone clicked on it and they went through to a call center you know and that call lasted over 12 seconds or something hmm. um, and that, that was what my you know my very first foray into the online world and I, I've still got my first check I think it was for about (laughs) $4.13, which is, of course, utterly useless. It would cost me about £25 to cash it. Um, But, you know, it sort of sits on my my wall. And and since that point, um, you know, I played around in the the online space. Um, And I think the big turning point was seeing Ezra Firestone at um, uh, one of the traffic and conversion summits in in, um, San Francisco. And he was talking about the physical... Uh, products business and at the time I thought oh, you know goodness this is this is just a ridiculous idea you know who, in, who, who could possibly you know go to China and source stuff and well, sell it themselves and do every, every, every aspect of the business themselves um, yet um, a year or so later that's exactly what I was doing so I, I you know I, I joined um, amazing.com as, as many of us did um, you know just a fantastic piece of training fantastic intro I think I was about well, I don't know, uh, ASM3 or something like that. Um, But my first product hit the shelves at the end of 2014. And um, since then, it's been a, you know, a wonderful rocky journey as most of us have have had one.
1: Mark, are you you exclusively on Amazon or do you uh, dabble in other distribution channels also?
2: I dabble a little bit, um, but for the first... Your two years of my business, I, I had a full-time job and I didn't actually go full-time Amazon until January last year. So mm-hmm. I've been about 18 months now full-time, um, almost exclusively Amazon. I do have a couple of Shopify stores. Um, I am starting to look at drop shipping models as well now. Um, and, and I guess it's all, it's all about taking the emphasis away from just Amazon. I think, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty important long-term. Um, having said that it's difficult to do when you haven't fully, um, capitalized on every opportunity that Amazon has to give you. There's just so much you can do on that platform.
0: There is, there is, um, there, there's so many other channels to go to, but the, at the end of the day, the marketplace of Amazon is so huge that's, and and they are so sophisticated, um, that they do a lot of the work for you, even though it Mm. might cost you a little bit more.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So where are you in your business? Like uh, how, how are things going? How successful is it? I mean, obviously it's your full-time job, which is great. Um, and you don't need to dive into specific numbers, but where are you at in the journey? Well, um, it's, it is an interesting journey. I mean, I was doing quite well
2: when, um, when I was in a full-time job, you know, I was pushing up to about 50 K a month in sales. I had a full-time job. I thought, wow, this is, this is going to be pretty good when I go full-time. Um, but I'd say my first year full-time was, it was, probably looking back on it, probably a catastrophe, really. Um, <laughs> you know, I got, I got super excited. I, you know, I had some money to pump into the business, and I went off to China, and I, I sourced nearly 20 new products. And I came back, and, and, and really I started to look at the implications of sourcing 20 products. Um, and, you know, you need a fair bit of cash flow. You need a lot of time on each product for them to be successful. And um, I think in the excitement, I chose a lot of products which were, were never going to be really profitable. Um, so I learned an incredible amount in the first year, uh, going it alone, really, um, about the, uh, the product choice process. Right. Um, and um, the first half of this year, I've really scaled back my business to those profitable products. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I didn't do fantastically well commercially last year. Although I did do, I think, really well in terms of building my understanding of how just exactly how to run and optimize this business, exactly what markets I need to be in, exactly what product choices and market channels I need to be pursuing. So, um, you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm really sort of following that plan that I've, um, I've sort of created the hard way almost. Right. It's going right. pretty well. You know, it's going pretty well now.
0: Nice. Is there, you know, so we're, we're definitely a, a podcast to talk about tools and technology. Uh, and this is honestly something I am dealing in right now, which is, oops, sorry, my Siri just decided to talk to me right at the second. Um, what second. I'm deciding, <laughs> speaking of tools, she's like, I'm a tool. <laughs> How can I help you? I'll be your favorite tool ever. Um, so, you know, I'm going through this process of figuring out products to eliminate. Products that are not successful, uh, products that I have really tried, I've done the launch process, I've done advertising, and they're just not organically sticking. Mm. Is there a tool or a metric that you use to determine which products are the most effective to use or the ones that might need to be just killed off?
2: Yeah, that's 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 a really good question. Um, okay, there, there are a number of things which I've been which I've been doing. I, I, I suppose first of all, and despite what. Anybody says, you know, I, I do believe that I need some sort of affinity with the product. Um, you know, I, I'm going to find it very difficult to sell baby products, even if they're the most profitable um, product on God's earth. You know, I just, I just don't find that category interesting. Um, so I do look for products which have a sort of a personal interest. You know, I'm going to be spending my time with them, promoting them, talking about them, developing content around them. So I think you, I think you do need some sort of connection. With your products however of course we all know you know you don't uh, you don't fall in love with your products and um uh, such that you start making poor business decisions about whether or not to to pursue them um
1: yeah mark i agree i agree completely i know you, we can hear the advice that yeah it's, it's okay if you're not passionate about your product but if it's all about brand building and you know is Mm. you gotta have the energy to build the brand which means you have to have some some attachment to what you sell or that's going to be that's not going to be enjoyable at all
2: absolutely i mean my you know my my model basically is to have um uh two seller accounts you know there's there's one in the us and one in one in europe and within those seller accounts i incubate new products with the idea of building towards a brand Uh so i've probably got you know i've got a bundle of products in there at the moment I've probably got two viable brands and one of them within the year my goal will be to um, sort of hive that off into a new seller account so it's sort of built in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of a closed environment and, 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 and that's what I'm you know basically that's the asset I'm building for sale um, so obviously at that point you know you're doing a lot of brand building and brand awareness around that 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 set of products so Yeah, it's 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 important. Um there's a whole checklist I've found that goes with some of my products that I've developed myself. Um, you know, checklists around weight and size, um uh you know, the the numbers of variations. Um obviously you're doing things like with any new product, you're looking at the uh the profitability by using the um um the Amazon calculator. So you're looking at your your fees carefully, your storage, right. uh, your transport, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I, I've literally got a list of probably maybe 30 attributes I look at, um, you know, right the way down to, you know, does it have an electrical plug on? Right, um, right. You know, that, it, that may be a bad thing. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it, it's certainly a bad thing to have a product which needs instructions, in my opinion. Um, <laughs>
0: because,
2: customers aren't quite as clever as we often give them credit for.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. And we can't blame them. We have to blame ourselves for not educating them yeah. uh, quite to the right level.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then there's Jungle Scout, which I use as well. So, obviously looking at market demand, I mean, the number one is you, know, you, you cannot launch a product for which there's no demand. So, yeah. it's not just the, the top sellers that you're looking at. I think you're looking at the depth in a market as well. So, if you look down the top sellers, you're looking to see if there are good sales at the you know, the number six, the number 10, the number 12, right the way down the front uh, the first page, you, you need to have some good, good sellers that you're going to be um, um, working with. So again, this is a personal thing. I don't actually go after markets, which are uncompetitive. Um, I think it's more difficult. I think you used to be able to do that. But it's difficult now to make as much money as you did out of slower moving products because of the way Amazon are changing their fee structures and their storage, etc, et etc, cetera, et cetera. so it, it almost amazon 's business is very much favoring uh, fast moving products you 're going to do better with that, and that tends to point to slightly more well, at least markets with medium competition
0: okay, got it, got it that 's fantastic um, you know Mark, I want to step it up a level um, and and you were a uh, natural born leader during our trip to China. Uh, we can talk about the, the, you know trip we went on but it's not going to be that great or useful um at the end of the day it was um uh that the real difference of the real education in that trip um didn't come from the people who put it together it came from um from from you and a couple of others and in particular at the end of the or the last day we were in china you did a phenomenal job of running this mastermind and you know i think that's that's part of what's going to help everyone win in this business is to run those masterminds. But one of the things that you really, um, you know, showed me and I got really excited about was, uh, was a tool and it's not necessarily the common thought of a technology tool or an app. It was this theory of a 90 day plan Hmm. and how you structure your attack plan. And would you, talk with us a little bit about what you, you know, what your goal and your mission there is and how you use it and just give us that 30 second elevator pitch about that 90 day plan.
2: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I can't claim it's my own invention, but, but, but I, <laughs> I, sort of, I sort of finessed it for my own purposes. I, I know Jason Katzenbach did something around 90 day planning. Ben Cummings talks a lot about his monthly business planning. Um, but, but what I found the, the important thing is that you take that discipline of periodic planning, and you sort of make it your own. And um, w- what I personally found is that it makes a lot of sense to cut the year up into four quarters. Um, the, the, the you know the the idea of a twelve well thirteen week quarter um, is particularly helpful, I think, because you you, you can think about your goals. Um, let's say for instance, you sit, sit down on January the 1st and you say, right, well, I want to be selling a hundred thousand dollars a month by the end of the year. I want 20 products in my pipeline. I want to be operating not just in the U S but also in Germany. Um, and, um, I want to have, uh, built my own website, you know, you, you, you know, that might be a set of annual goals and there's a hell of a lot of work in that. Um, yeah. so you, you then break those down quarter by quarter, um, And once you've done that, then you can start to focus on that first quarter. Um, Of course, you've got three months. So you've got three planning periods within the first quarter. And what I do is I come up with a piece of paper. And um, at the top of the piece of paper, it has my, um, as Ben Cummings would call it, his game changer. You know, what is the one thing this month I must tick off by the end of the month? And then underneath that, I'll have three big goals, three things I want to achieve. And then there'll be some minor things as well. So everything's prioritized in that month period. Um, And it's almost a daily check. Is my day contributing to achieving those half a dozen or so objectives for the month? And that discipline has been really helpful for me.
0: And do you have that like up on your wall? Is it something you look at every morning? How? What's the physical manifestation of that? Uh, of that, uh, that? That game changer.
2: I I've actually had I've done I've done I've changed it a lot. But what, what I've settled on now is I have a stapled pack of A4 paper. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And, and in it on the the, uh, if I discuss, the very front sheet is a to do sheet, and that is always, what am I doing? What am I doing tomorrow? Well, what am I doing over the next two days? It's always very short term. And I know that everything on that list is geared towards achieving the longer term goals. And then I've just got to flip over the page and there it is. I see my monthly plan.
0: Nice. So I've
2: always got that reference point. And then beyond that, the other thing I keep is a, uh, what I call, what do I call this? I title on it. I think I call it, you know the master list of everything. <laughs> and um, on, on that, you, you know, You'll be watching, um, you'll be listening to podcasts, obviously. You'll be, um, you know, reviewing some training. You'll be talking to people, et cetera, et cetera. And all the time, you're capturing actions and thoughts. So I literally capture thoughts and actions on that piece of paper. And then I review it monthly and build it into my overall plan. Right. So I said, sort of don't, you know, I don't lose anything, but I don't get um, drawn into pursuing something maybe it doesn't fit my immediate goals, I, I put it somewhere where I can look at it in the future.
0: Boy, that's that's fantastic. I'd say we all get caught up in tools like Trello to try to do project management or yes. um, task assignment, or we try to make it look at you know look, have our plan look as good as possible in PowerPoint or Google Docs or uh, uh, do Google Sheets. And um, and at the end of the day, it, it's really about just having something that works and you can access it super duper yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to be confused about what your day looks like when it starts. Absolutely, so, yeah, that's that's phenomenal. That's the, phenomenal. The other,
2: the other thing I do is I have a timesheet, and I, I I used to be in management consulting, and I, I vowed <sighs> I'd never fill in another timesheet. But, <laughs> but I timesheet myself, and 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 every day I, I look at what I can possibly do, and you know, on some days maybe I'm, you know, I've got something else I'm doing. Maybe I'm going out in the evening, or I'm going to the gym or something, and I, you know, I've got six hours, so I will make sure I do six hours work. Other days I will have 12 hours scheduled. Um, so I don't so much subscribe to this idea of getting up at five o'clock every day and, you know, finishing by four. My days are a lot more flexible, but I do target the exact number of hours that I want to achieve every day. Got it. So again, on the quarterly basis, I monitor this. You know, my budget per quarter is 526 hours. You know, I'm currently um, putting in about 600 hours a quarter.
0: Okay. Wow. Wow, boy! I tell you what, it is not often in this entrepreneurial world that you find somebody task managing themselves to keep themselves on task. Mm. Do you have who who's your who's your manager? Who's your supervisor? Is it a dog? Is it a wife? Is it a girlfriend? Is it yourself? Like who keeps you on task?
2: It's me. Wow, it's me. I mean, I I live on my own at the moment, so I don't. um, It that is tough because naturally you know, naturally we all have ups and downs. And um, I, th- I think what you have sometimes, you know, if you, uh, you know, a great example is, you know, you, you, you get up in the morning and you know you've got to build two click funnels. And you think, oh, wow, you know, and they, they're hard work. You know, there's lots of moving parts. And I, I think you've just got to be in the right zone to write that content. And if you're not in the right zone, change your day. You know, go and do accounting for the day. You, you know, or or, or whatever, but it, it's like keep the day productive, and sometimes to keep it productive, you have to do something else. Um,
0: I mean, that is that's the game changer, and and, and what I've seen and what I have. Worked on it, uh, you know, on my on myself. What uh, you know? What phenomenal insights and guidance that um, treat yourself like you are an hourly worker, so that you can make sure that you are productive. Um, stay on task, and sometimes the task you have needs to be the task that changes because, as mm. an entrepreneur, you wear so many hats mm. that some days the hats just don't fit. So you got to put on a different hat. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you know, we talk about the weather in the UK and how the weather is so different. You probably need to wear a different hat. Well, it's it yeah. might not be a comfortable hat, but it's something different. That's um, yeah. that that's some sage advice. And and I gotta imagine that's actually one of the the greatest nuggets of wisdom I think uh, uh, that we can give in a tools discussion is. Um, you know, you're a tool. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean?
2: You know, it, it, it's like, again, you have, to, you have, everyone's in this business for a different, a different reason. We've all got our own reasons. But, you know, fundamentally, I, I, I left the nine to five job. I left the rat race. I don't want to do that. I want to have fun. You know, so my days need to be enjoyable. So if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, uh, I'll change what I'm doing. And chances are I'll enjoy it tomorrow. Um, and at the end of the day, it's the variety that that's why I do this. It's the variety, it's the autonomy and the variety of tasks. You, I, I can't imagine a job that, you know, you can get that anywhere else really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard somebody once talking about the rat race and they said, Hey, the problem with a rat race is even if you win, you're still a rat. <laughs> so, that's, not, that's not a great thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I I love the way, uh, you know, so our focus is on tools and I love how organically the first tool that we talked about is a, is a homegrown sort of methodology around saying uh, staying on task. And honestly, you can be armed with all the software tools in the world. And if you're not staying on task and meeting your mm-hmm. objectives, they're all mm-hmm. pretty, uh, pretty useless. So it's a, a great, a great place to start. Um, but let me steer us into, um some of the third-party formal tools that we that we like to talk about Mm -hmm. and um you know i had uh, for our listeners i had sent um mark an email letting him know the types of things we would talk about and he sent me back a list of approximately 20 tools (laughs) that he might talk about and i thought okay this guy gets it right you really to be a successful seller uh you've got to have a lot of tools in your toolbox ones that fit the task at hand so i'm uh Excited to uh, to dive into it. So, so Mark, start start at the top uh, for us, if you will. What is the um, what do you deem to be the most important tool in your toolbox that helps you keep track of what's going on?
2: Ah, uh, right. Well, in terms of in terms of tracking, this is an interesting one because the beginning of this year, I really was sorting out my business, and for the first time, I started to look at my numbers really hard. Um, I need to understand exactly, you know, what was making me money, what wasn't making me money, where my costs were, and what would I cut? So, you know, uh, side remark is at the beginning of this year, I had a lot more tools than I currently use, and I've really, really cut back. Um, I'd say managed by stats um, is probably one of the – I mean, I look at managed by stats daily in terms of it describing how my business is doing. You know, what, what profits are making money, what products are making money, um, you know, where I might be having issues with um, margins uh, and ROI. Um, so it's an important tool, but it's a very, very frustrating tool as well. And <laughs> what I'm trying to do is move beyond it, because, of course, what, what happens with managed by Stats is they are basically porting information out from Amazon. And Amazon orchestrates its information in, in sort of two-week accounting periods. So some of the cost information, like, like, for example, PPC costs, hits your managed by stats accounts in a sort of a lumpy fashion. And it distorts your daily stats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find sometimes you'll look at yesterday's stats. You'll think, yeah. you get up in the morning, let's have a look at yesterday's stats. And you'll say, oh, yeah, I made a, made a, made a profit of $500, that's good, and... A couple of, couple of hours later, you'll look at it and he goes, oh, I've only made $300 now. How, how, how did that happen? Um, and they, they sort of move up and down. And the guys that manage my stats have, you know, sent a couple of emails and they said, well, you know, this can happen. The, the only reliable point is really the end of the two-week period. If you, if you look at that, that point will give you some, you know, reliable data. Yeah. So it, it is frustrating. And... Um, what I've done now really is to invest a lot of time into moving my accounting system. And, you know, I'm not going to dwell on this because it is probably the most boring topic. <laughs> that you can hope, hope, imagine. But I have actually got very, very, very excited about my accounting system. I, I, I used to be on Sage. It was an antiquated product. Yep. I used to be doing all of my inventory accounting outside of Sage. So I did loads of spreadsheets and, um, you know, I was doing all my, Um, You know, monthly costings outside as well. I just moved to zero cloud accounting package. It's just been a a revelation. Mm -hmm. It's saving me probably up to two days work a month that I was manually doing. Boy,
0: talk about making the world a smaller place. We are, I, I am actually in Denver, Colorado, and that's where Zero has relocated to. Yeah. And I have been looking at that application and actually got to meet the CEO mm. recently and I love their vision. And so it's just uh, what a small world it is. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to pause there for a second. I'm going to, you know, reiterate the same thing that you're saying. So I use some dashboarding tools. I have been using Cash Cow Pro and I love it. And at the end of each day, it shows me I've got like a 32% profit margin. It's like, yes. Yeah, And then you log in to see yesterday's stuff, you know, which was the day, you know, the day before and it did some corrections with pay-per-click or with with, uh, Amazon sponsored products and some other corrections and all of a sudden it's like down to like 12%. Then you log in about four days later and look at that same day and lo and behold, it's down to like 6%. So, um, you know, I, I hear you with the lack of real time. So kudos to you for not waiting around for that and really just diving into, you know, trying to figure it out on your own.
2: Yeah, I think when, I, when I've got this working um, well, I mean, I mean, I'm at sort of the late stages of migrating the system now. I'm using also something called A2X, yeah. which people may be familiar with. So this automates the transfer of information from your Amazon Seller Central account into Zero. It's doing two things. First of all, it's moving your sales information in. And then secondly, it's, it's moving your inventory information in. So both your inventory levels and your, uh, obviously, most important, your cost of sales information are being imported into zero, so it's giving you, you know, a um, certainly a, 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 an excellent, accurate monthly snapshot. And so, in terms of managing the dashboard of my business now, I'm slowly moving towards the monthly um, review okay. as being the big, significant uh, thing. And and tying it up, going back to the planning, that monthly review will very much. Um, Uh, influence the objectives for the next uh, month certainly around um, profitability um, related objectives so mark
1: do you still get nipped a little bit by the time lag Uh, do you have to do you have to like discipline yourself to not look at the last two days as much as you look at the last say 30 days
2: Um, yeah it's I, i i i think i look at my stats in a bit more of an overall um yeah, in, in a bit more with a bit more of a sort of you know an an overall sense now ra- rather than getting particularly uh, upset about a bad day or a good day. You know I, I, I you know I know my week works in certain cycles. I know it goes up a bit. I know it goes down a bit. So I, I guess I'm looking for significant shifts. Mm. So for example, I've just gone into uh, just switched on um, all the five European countries for my first product that I'm sending into Europe. And so I'm, you know, I'm looking for, uh, movements in my daily sales that might reflect, um, you know, the entrance into that market.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's really good. I think, um, you know, we've all seen days that have been inexplicably low in sales and you put a couple of those together and you're looking under every rock to try to figure out what happened. And um, the danger is that you could change some stuff when really nothing happened. It's just yeah. happened yeah. to be a couple uh, slow days. So I think that requires a, a, a lot of discipline to to allow more data to come in before you declare something to be hopelessly broken.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think I think you're going to see it fully and completely, if you as the owner of a business are 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 really familiar with your accounts and what that information is telling you. I mean, I know some people outsource it, you know, because it's, it's boring. They don't want to do it. Um, but I personally think that's a mistake. You know, I personally think you do not then see your business fully um, on a monthly basis. You don't see what your cost profile looks like. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: I think I, th- I love that one of the, I mean, again, let's go back to the strategy. The biggest tool that you have in your arsenal is analyzing and understanding your data. And you can't make decisions when other people are looking at the data the way that mm-hmm. you feel like you need to. So I mean, that's, that's a great tool as, as far as insights go. All right, let's keep diving. Craig, what do you got yeah,
1: next? So Mark, uh, what else, uh, what's your next favorite tool on your list that's important to your business?
2: Um, it's gotta be Helium 10. Um, you know, I think as an all-round tool, you know, I think you also asked me, you know, what are what are the three tools that you think everybody should have. Well, I, I've mentioned one already, Managed by Stats. I think um you know that does that does quite a bit for you. The second, the second would be Helium Ten. It it's just a great all-round tool. And um, you know, I use it for keyword research. And um, you know, it's one of these tools that um is I don't know how it's working these days, but but the, the, there seems to be some some better way to be getting uh, real keyword volumes from Amazon. And uh, Manny Coates has, um, has set up Helium Ten with a with a, with a, a tool called Cerebro, <sighs> uh, and apparently it works off that data direct from Amazon. And it's um you know it's a great little keyword research tool. Um, so you know I pop in I uh, have a very very simple keyword research process now. Um, I literally pop in the top five competitors. You know, I, l- I look at my, um, you know, the, 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 the big keywords. I look at the big, com- the, the, the big players that pop up uh, when I search on those keywords. And then I take five, um, five, six, seven of them. Uh, I do Cerebro searches on them, pull off all the data. And then um, again, I use um, Helium 10 to sort of mash those keywords together. Um, using a, a tool I've got called Frankenstein. So I can, you know, the most commonly uh, used keywords. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's fantastic for that. Um, so I use the helium, I use the, sorry, the Frankenstein tool for a lot of, um, you know, deduplication type tasks. I use the scribbles tool, which allows you to understand, uh, you know, what keywords you've used in a, in a paragraph of text. So it's sort of a, like a text processing tool. Um, I use the keyword tracking tool. So I have um, the top 10 to 15 keywords for each of my variations. Um, I track using Helium 10. Um, It may not be the best tracking tool, to be honest, but it comes with a package. So I think if you use the package fully, it's a a great value, you know, 97 bucks a month or whatever you pay.
0: So did you go through withdrawal a couple of days ago when they were uh, locked out by Google Chrome for like a day or two? I didn't even use it then. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, you know, going back to your like idea of when you start the day, and you may have a plan, and then it changes uh, for about a day. And, and you know, uh, I don't think it was any black hat stuff or any problems, but they were down for a day.
2: <clears throat> yes. Yeah, they will.
0: yeah. And um, that was my day. I was planning to actually dive in and do a lot of research on our keywords and which ones were indexed and making sure things were right. Cause we made changes to some of our listings. Mm. And all of a sudden I tried to log in and boom, big red screen. So like, well, I guess I don't have to go into those details today. So I'll go back to, you know, working on the images for a little while. Yeah. So yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> hey Mark, let well, me ask you about, um, advertising and everybody's sort of least favorite task, but most favorite topic because they want to know how other people are figuring it out is that the world. So what, how do you navigate the pay-per-click world?
2: Well, um, I used to be, uh, I used to use PPC scope. Um, I'm a big fan of Brian Johnson. I think, I think, you know, he, he is the man who understands this space better than any other. And, um, you know, but on top of that, he's able to articulate, um, the PPC world really, really well. However, I have found using PPC scope, um, difficult, um, in terms of, you know, it does take time. And, um, if you really want to understand what you're doing, you've got to put a lot of time into understanding PPC at a deep level. It's not, um, these days you can't just switch it on and you know, do a bit of trivial optimization. There's, there's, there's a lot of deep understanding, I think, that you need. So it was a bit frustrating, and um, I felt I was throwing away a lot of money on PPC. And uh, what I did then was basically to cut my PPC spend almost to zero. Um, my profitability went up, and, uh, well, obviously, and um, I, um, uh, you know, and even in the medium term, it held its ground because I was using the money I'd saved um, and paying for some Facebook campaigns.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I, you know, I was, I was sending traffic to Amazon instead of paying for PPC. And, and I just felt that was a better, a better way to do it. I think, I think PPC is very competitive. It's more expensive now. Um, and that felt to me to be a better spend of my money. Since then, though, I've found something called Zom Tools. And I've been tempted back into the space to set up my campaign again. Um, zon.tools.io I think Um, but anyway if you google zon tools it's run by a guy called um, um, Stefano who's an Italian man who strangely I met on a beach in Egypt about 11 years ago and he taught me me uh, winter kiteboarding Um, and now he's popped up as the guy who has developed this um, PPC tool. Hmm. It's a very different architecture from PPC scope or PPC Entourage. Uh, he's thought about it differently. And um, it's at the very least, I would say to everybody listening to this, go onto the website and listen to all of the free videos there. It'll take you an hour. Um and you will understand how he's thinking about PPC and what toolkit he has in place. It automates virtually everything. Hmm. And so creating some, what he calls PGNs, product, I don't know what the stands for now, product product group. PGN is a product group name, that's it. And uh, basically it's, um, it's a group of products that you put together as a campaign. Um, and Zontools just goes away and creates all the underlying PPC structure. So it'll create the auto campaign, the manual exact, the manual phrase, the manual broad campaign, uh, all based around some, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, some, um, criteria that you provide. Um, so you, you, you know, you specify things like, you know, the max spend on this campaign will be this, the highest bid I would like to make is this, um, la la la. And, um, you don't do any extensive keyword research either. You, you, you add to each of these PGNs about 10 keywords maximum and that's all he needs. And then the system goes away and um, does a very, very good job of harvesting new keywords out of the search terms that are that are that are coming in from customers. Interesting.
1: Yeah, that's remarkable, actually. Um, Yeah, because there's people out there that will teach you, hey, take your favorite 500 keywords for your product and load up Mm. sponsor product ad campaign. And I don't know how you can maintain your sanity Mm. um, track Mm. if. If that's it, so uh, I definitely—that's what I was doing.
2: Stephon- that's what I was doing. I, I had, um, you know, I had uh, campaigns with twenty thousand, thirty thousand um, keywords. Um, <laughs> you know, so many different ad groups, and I, I hate to think how much keyword conflict there were between various. Um, but I mean, if you think about the direction Amazon's going in now, and you, and, 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 you know, it's all about relevance. Yeah, they cut down the amount of keywords you can add in the back end um you know they are made it more difficult to index for sort of non-relevant terms um it's relevancy 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 and so your keyword list i think that you require around uh, a product is really not that big you know you might have 20 to 40 keywords that you might consider core um and i think the idea of um seeding a ppc tool with a, a reduced set of keywords makes a lot of sense um you know if you have if you have thousands of keywords one thing that's not going to be great for your PPC campaigns is your conversion statistics are not going to look good. So you've got poor conversion statistics on your PPC campaign that's going to affect your organic rankings.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. You're uh, singing music to me. Um, so, Mark, let me ask you about uh, another area, and that is customer service. How do you stay um, in contact with what your buyers are having to say about your product and and uh yeah how do you stay in touch with them
2: um i have zendesk that i i use um so in terms of just i I think i've got about i've got three seller central accounts so everything comes into zendesk um any communications via my website come in there any social media communications come in there so i have got a central point um, i wouldn't i wouldn 't say you know this is one area where i 've got you know some sort of um, amazing um customer sort of communication infrastructure in place at all but i 've got that single single point so i i don't i don 't miss things um I have a set of templates that I set up for a lot of frequent customer questions and customer interactions and things that I might ask customers to do, for example, you know if they if they leave seller feedback. Um, I will send them a, a templated message back to say, "Hey, that's that's great, wonderful, but you know, would you would you mind posting a product review so that customers can actually see this?" Mm. Um, and I use something called um, Text Expander. Uh, it saves me a lot of time in um, typing emails and, and and messages to customers. Um, you know, instead of, instead of typing the seller feedback request for them to. Uh, write a product feedback, uh, product, um, yeah, a product review. Instead of doing that every time I just type in XSF as my little shortcut code and it hmm. does it all for me. So that's, that's, that's rather fantastic.
0: Um, Mark, are you a one man army? Yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice. I, I,
2: I I am. I, I desperately would like a VA, but, um, I, I just, um, I'm I'm not where I need, I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, with that, um, I've got fairly low, I've got fairly low uh, volumes of customer interaction. Okay. So um, I, I tend to do it myself at the moment. I, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm wrong. I'm undoubtedly wrong. I'm wrong. You know, I'm just, I'm just exhibiting that control freakery a bit too long, I think.
1: <laughs> you're the guy who has a, has, has a book called The Master List of Everything. See, you're you're probably not wrong. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. yeah, right, the, other, so the other thing to... I use with um, customer service um, is um, a Chrome extension called AMZ Fire, hmm. and um, this is great because if you if you um, implement this and then go to your reviews on a listing, you will see under each review um, a a button pops up, um, and it says Find Order. So when you've got a customer who leaves you a review and they are called Amazon customer and um, you just click this little button and it goes away and then it comes back and it says, bing. Here's the person who left that review.
0: Oh, that's so, phenomenal. It's that phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's wow. true. It's, it, it's, it's not free. It, it costs about $15. Right. Do, do you think that's, that's too pretty
0: much? Pretty damn cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was like $15 per day, like that almost is worth it. Even if it's $15 wow. per month, that's worth it. So
2: it's, it's uh, a good thing. It hasn't failed yet. It. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey Mark, uh for the new sellers
2: starting out, uh can you recommend any 3 to 5 tools that they should get? Um yeah, uh manage my stats, Helium 10, and um Okay, so well, Manage My Stats fundamentally I'm recommending that because of the seller mail feature. So this is okay. um you know it's really important when you're starting out to have um a, an email sequence that hits your customer when they buy one of your products. So you need your series of three emails or whatever, hitting them over the, the first uh, 10 days. So that, that's what I'm recommending there, seller mail. Of course, there are alternatives to seller mail. I'm not wedded to it. Um, I think they're all probably much much of a muchness. Um, Helium 10, obviously because there's just so much in there as a, as a general tool, it's fantastic. Your keyword research is in there, your keyword tracking is in there, da dee, da dee, da da um, da what else would I recommend? Um, yeah, well, uh, yes, Mailchimp or, or or one of the um, one of the customer CRM programs. You you just need a place to capture your customer um, information. So if you're uh, popping product inserts into your with with your products. You know, sign up for the VIP club. You know, sign up for the discount club, or whatever you're calling it, or, or maybe you're offering an extended warranty. Um, you, you need some way of automatically capturing an email address. You you will need a MailChimp uh, or something like that, um, and a, a a a Weber or, or or one of those those programs. So you can capture the email address, and then of course automatically um, create some sort of sequence that engages your customers. Um, and it's one thing that you should do right from day one is start to build that list, e- even if it's small. You know, my, my list isn't huge, I've got a couple of thousand people, but um, you know, at least I can launch to that list now and get an immediate response. It's re- really helpful.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic insights. Okay, well, I think we've got about five or six minutes left, so maybe, you know, uh, Craig, you know, let's let's sort of round it out. And I know there's a couple of apps that are applications that you have meant or have on the list I haven't mentioned. So uh, maybe Anton and Craig, you guys can dive us through some of the the, the, the fun questions, if you will.
1: Uh, for sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, speaking of fun. Um, well, actually, let me do. Um, this is one that I like. Sorry about that. Um, so what feature, Mark, um, doesn't exist in any of the tools that you use right now that you would uh, implore tool developers to, uh, to invent uh, for you?
0: Oh, yeah,
2: you know, I don't really know. I mean, there's so much out there. It's not often you, you find something that you, you want to do that you can't find some sort of solution for. Mm-hmm. Um, it it can be a bit a bit uh a bit clunky but there's normally something out there I, I guess the number one frustration at the moment is as your business grows and gets more complicated you have an enormous amount of passwords um so i do use um last pass as my password manager um but even so you know when you're flipping between um applications and uh More and more apps now are requiring you to do two-factor authentication. Um, Something goes wrong, you need to clear your cache, so you start all over again, and with you know know, entering passwords into your browser, it's just a nightmare. I'd love some sort of single master sign-on. You know, when I come to my Mac in the morning, put that one password in, and I'm I'm sorted for the day. Mm -hmm. No more passwords. No more two-factor authentication. No more text from Amazon, you know, with six-digit code <laughs> that I've put in. Um, oh, I, I really do think that could save me a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. Nice.
1: <laughs> nice. nice, I like it. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's. Uh, that, that, I think that's, that's fantastic. Um, what is one tool that you maybe, and I'm just going to throw this odd uh, question out there. What's one tool that, you use that you would say, shy away from this, like, don't do it. Absolutely. Don't do it. No matter how much they advertise on Facebook or on Google, just stay away. Ooh. Um.
1: <laughs> like a tool expose. <laughs> mm,
2: mm. I mean, there, there are, there are tools I don't use for various reasons. Um, but I, you know, no, I, for me, it's, it's about, it's about preference rather than the fact that, you know, some of them are just, you know, dodos. Um, <laughs> um, what, what, I, what, what I normally do is, you know, if you take, for example, keyword research tools, there's so many available. Um, I just think you need to have a good look around and look at value for money. Um, you know, some of these tools actually are really, really expensive. And when you look at what you get, for what you pay um, and then you look at your coverage in terms of you know how much tool support have you got across the piece um, and what that what's that costing you a month I think you should know exactly what you're spending on tools every month mm. um, and um, and just don't get seduced by another new shiny shiny thing you know o- often the great things that pop up free you know AMZ fire as I said is virtually free there's a tool I found out about um, two days ago called Amalyze. So Analyze, but with an M in. Uh, Amalyze is a fantastic Chrome plugin. You um, bring up your listing and um, it shows you on the page, you know, in, in green, all the words in your listing that are indexed. Hmm. So you don't even let, you know. Wow. It's literally there. Wow. And you can okay. see instantly in your bullets and your title and your description what's not indexed. Amalyze is fantastic. Um, you know, there's, um, there's, um, a Gmail plugin called streak and I manage all of my inbound, um, shipping on streak it enables me to, to, to create my supply chain graphically so I can see, you know, from purchase order right the way through to reconciled inventory in Amazon, you know, huh. I set up a number of stages. Um, I don't even have to leave my inbox. I just literally switch, you know, switch my uh, Gmail folder. And then this, this wonderful little plugin pops up and shows me where everything is. So, there's so much out there. Um, you know, you've gotta be ruthless about what you use um, and what you don't use, but it's it's just all there. How, how could we run a business without, without all of these fantastic things?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, uh, I'll tell you, um, uh, this, uh, what a fantastic, um, you know, journey into your mind. And the tools that connect your mind and like just that. I mean, the last couple, you know, amylase uh, is. The, I hadn't heard of that, and I'm really you know thinking why well, haven't I heard of that? But that's why we're doing this uh, this this podcast is so that we can. Get the information out about these tools because they're fantastic. Streak, I am having challenges with supply chain, and so I am going to, you know, immediately go into uh, Google Apps and look for that Chrome extension and start playing around with that. Um, you know, Mark, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, such an unbelievable wealth and, and well-thought-out uh, series and stream of, of, uh, of ideas. I, I have you know, personally benefited. I know that Craig and Anton have as well, and I have no doubt whatsoever that as soon as we get this podcast uploaded and people are hearing it, they're just going to be blown away. Uh, so, Mark, I just have to say uh, you know, thank you so much for, for putting that all together.
2: My absolute pleasure. It's 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 good to geek out for half an hour.
0: <laughs> and uh, Mark, are you okay if I stick your like LinkedIn profile at the, in the show notes so that people can? Yeah, reach absolutely. No problem sorry. at all. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, on behalf of uh, Craig and Anton and myself, uh, Mark Hodian, we are honored that you joined us, and thank you for making our podcast officially an international podcast. Fantastic.
2: Uh, I look forward to seeing you in China, Brett. Are you you there in September?
0: I I am trying to make it work. I've got a couple of things I've got to clear away, but I uh, I have a strong desire, and I am grateful that you decided to uh, take the bull by the horns and go ahead and get it scheduled.
2: Fantastic. All right. Good stuff, guys. I've enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Thank you.